This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Oh no, Duck Phoenix has such bad reviews on Rotten oh, yeah. Tomatoes. Yeah, what is it now? Uh, 23%? Well, it's better than it was. Welcome to the Double Feature Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined this week by Joanne So from the new paper. Hello. Hello. Okay, before we get into the reviews, Black Widow. Black Widow started filming, and they didn't tell us. They didn't. They just went ahead and they didn't tell us. It's MCU. Everything's secret. Oh, yeah, I suppose. But <laughs> there's been set pictures out. Scarlett Johansson wearing the straight red hair. So where this is in her past, is it completely pre-MCU? Is it mm. the Budapest thing that they always keep mentioning? Or is it straight out of school? Straight school? hair was the... Was it in, she was straight hair was Winter Soldier. Yeah. So uh, it's in between? Winter Soldier. She looked amazing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the other casting in Black Widow is the two definites that appear to be Rachel Weisz, uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things, and possibly less that he wants to be remembered, the recent Hellboy. And then there's just speculation of who will be playing the other Black Widow. In the 80s, there was a blonde Black Widow called Yelena Belova, possibly going to be played by, well, <laughs> the really lazy speculation is quite possibly Emma Watson, just because... <laughs> People probably figure Emma Watson hasn't done much recently. <laughs> or the other one is Florence Pugh, which is potential. Florence Pugh was in the really good uh, Fighting With My Family, which was the mm. WWE true life, true-ish life tale of Paige. So there are two Black Widows? Yeah, but then again, Black Widow is like a code name, isn't it? So it could be many. Oh, that's true. From on set of superheroes. This week sees the release of Dark Phoenix, or X-Men Dark Phoenix, depending on which territory you're in. But this is the last one of the Fox run that started way back in 2000, was it? So the knives have been out for this for a long time. Even I thought it couldn't be great because, well, there was no press screening. The first screening that we got to see of it was at the premiere. Most of the time, it's never a good sign. And there have been tales of actors wanting out, multiple reshoots, and the trailer didn't look good. But then again, that's no sign of anything because, as we discovered last week with Godzilla, fantastic trailers, and when the film comes out, it's... I guess the ratings has not been pretty good either. It's only 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's had a kicking. It has had a kicking. And I genuinely wonder if that's because when people smell blood, they, you know, they gather. Again, this could be a thing of I've clearly watched a different (laughs) film to everyone else. (laughs) Because, well, I, I gave it a three out of five. It's a very generous three out of five, I will admit. It goes just over the 2.5 rating. It's just about halfway. But it by no means awful. And it is far, far from the worst X-Men film. Maybe give, you're generous because it's a good closure? I wouldn't say it's a good closure. I think, if anything, after... I, I really can't stand X-Men Apocalypse, which came out in 2016. Yeah, I don't um, remember much of that, too. To be honest, for yes. me, the whole franchise, the whole X-Men franchise is one of more troughs than peaks. <laughs> Even the very highly regarded X2. X2. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. Oh. When things kind of really came together, for me, is more a collection of really, really good set pieces I mean, they are spectacular set pieces. You have Nightcrawler in the White House. You have the assault on the X-Mansion. Really fantastically done set pieces. But outside of that, everything around it, yeah. But this is not as bad as Apocalypse or indeed X-Men Last Stand. Is it a good closure like Logan? It feels that it's been inspired by Logan. Mm-hmm. So Simon Kimberg, who's been a longtime producer and writer, his first writing job was The Last Stand, and he's been a producer on everything since. 
I believe, helped write Days of Future Past as well. Mm, that was Although, a good one, actually. The peak for X-Men for me was X-Men First Class, when yeah. both Kimberg and Brian Singer weren't really involved. It was Matthew Vaughan and Jane Goldman. So Matthew Vaughan directing, Jay Goldman doing the screenplay. And that one really came together completely as a, as a whole. I thought it was fantastic. But then Apocalypse was a complete... Ugh. So this is the fourth one. There's no... Because Days of Future Past is the combine, right? So yes. is it a sequel or is it a prequel thingy? It's a unique... Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, chronologically, it's essentially... It's the fourth one of the reboot, which started with First Class. So this reboot, they decided to go for this conceit of it checks in every 10 years. First class is in the 60s during yep. the Cuban Missile Crisis. Days of Future Past, ostensibly set in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Then, for some reason, they decided to move on to the 80s and already for Apocalypse. And even then, it was like, why are these guys not aging at all? <laughs> Mutant. Special powers. <laughs> and then now they've gone up to early 90s. The great thing about this is that they really don't reference the 90s so much. There's no cheesy, era-specific jokes in this, thankfully. There's a few lighter moments, thanks to Quicksilver, who is got rid of quite quickly. But there's very few jokes in this altogether. It's a, it's a very much more dour thing. I think Simon Kinberg is his first time directing. He's clearly taken Logan as an inspiration. Uh, it's more much more about the relationships and the... Mm. Everything's on a much more personal scale. Very few jokes. There's one that where Jennifer Lawrence snaps at Charles Xavier about the casual sexism of being called X-Men when it's actually the women who have saved the day most of the time. So maybe they should be called X-Women. But the way she spits out the line, it feels almost like it's targeted at the producers. Because, I mean, the big rumor was this, is that Jennifer Lawrence just didn't want to do it anyway. Mm. And everyone's been kind of a bit, oh, well, you can see in her performance, she's just saying that, which is a bit more cruel, I think. Kind of understandably, she probably is fed up with the makeup because Mm. her whole thing as Mystique was that she wanted to be mutant and proud and all this and not have to wear this fake Jennifer Lawrence skin and be her blue self. But as soon as she can... When she gets back into the expansion, she suddenly, oh, it's Jennifer Lawrence again. It seems to be the same for Beast as well. Because I thought he's supposed to stay in Beast mode. Oh. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe they've just said, I shall be human for as much as I can. And then occasionally flips oh. into Beast mode. Overall, it's a very quiet film. And Simon Kinberg, is, his direction is but more about functionality than flourish. Mm. There's some really good fight choreography at the end with Magneto and Nightcrawler. But yeah, there's no build up to, oh, this is a big thing at the end. And even though it it's all about, you know, a huge apocalyptic style cosmic force <laughs> that envelops one person and she has the power to do immense bad. It's all very small. That said, it's not that bad a thing because after the nonsense that was apocalypse, this feels if it wasn't the end, this would be course correction. But I, th- I mean, this being the last X Men, and now that it's Fox is no longer holding the Marvel title, mm. you know, you can you can imagine what kind of I mean, how X Men is going to fit into MCU and all, and what they'll do. It's a shame to kind of lose some of them. There was a huge reaction when Michael Fassbender turned up. He'd been working out. He's kind of like rough and ready in this with his kind of hippie X Men commune. He actually looks. I mean, he's Fassbender. He looks good. Have you seen him on Jimmy Kimmel? He looks really, really okay. good. <laughs> 
Well, there's close-ups in this where you can see how craggy his face has gotten. You know, very deep-set laugh lines around yeah. the eyes and on the forehead. I think he's one of those um, that ages well. Ages in the right way. It, it's it's weird that he's apparently he's younger than me. It, he's not moisturising, basically. <laughs> Too much sun. Yeah. Michael Fassbender looks kind of daft every so often. You know when they've got to pose as though they're doing the powers, you know, they've got their arms stretched out and they're kind of like straining to, well, what would be nothing when they're filming it. The camera lingers on it just a bit too long, so it looks ridiculous. So it looks like someone just doing some silent dancing in the middle of a field. But, I mean, hey, James McAvoy is all right in this, even though he's, he's clearly shot during the times when he had really bulked up for Glass. I think they took out some of the de-aging as well that was in the earlier trailers. Because earlier trailers, like, you know, yeah, he's yeah. super smooth. I think they actually did a smart thing and just took it out. There's some odd moments, though, towards the end where they've CGI'd his bald head to be more bald. It's so smooth, <laughs> and it's got no definition to it. So if it was shot during the same time he was doing Glass, he'd have had stubble. Yes, but... So I think they've CGI'd off the stubble. Can't to you just, just shave it off? It's like the Cavill moustache thing. <laughs> His character, though, is more interesting. This is why it's a more interesting film in some ways, in that you can see what they're trying to strive to do, and there's some good stuff in there. So part of this... Charles Xavier is actually the villain. It's his arrogance that's shown in the early parts of uh, First Class mm. when he's basically just using his ability to yeah. seduce young uh, yeah. students. It sounds worse. He was a student as well at the time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's that kind of arrogance. So now in this scenario, the X-Men are actually accepted. They are heroes. Mm. So when they do this space mission where the Phoenix Force goes into Jean Grey, when they arrive home, they have crowds cheering. He oh. has a hotline to the president. You know, the president calls him up and says, Charles, can you do anything about this? People are cheering them. They've got the dolls. They've got Mystique dolls. They've got, you know, Beast is my guy, Quicksilver. I love Quicksilver. And so it's you can see where it's kind of gone to his head and he's mm. become more arrogant. So when things fall apart, even though at the time he thought he was doing good, yep. and he can't see the issue now. So he's kind of lost touch with, lost touch with the team, really. So fame got into his head. Yeah, yeah, so it's all arrogance, it's all hubris. So mm. that is an interesting way to go. It doesn't quite fully form out. I think there's some bits in this that are really nicely shot as well. So Jessica Chastain mm. is essentially the main villain in this. Yeah, she's supposed to be some alien force, right? Well, she's possessed by an alien, or the form is taken by aliens. So like scrolls. <laughs> but the way they're introduced is really nicely done. I don't know if it's just they couldn't afford the effects for the creatures, but you never see the creatures fully. The original version of the Jessica Chastain character who's having a dinner party at one time. The dog starts barking outside, so she goes out. And you only just see these kind of like half-shadowy figures kind of just behind the trees. And then she's possessed by this creature who has a name. I don't know if we ever catch it properly in the film. It's... Not, People have complained that I don't know what that character was called. Which seems very nitpicky because you don't really, you know what the character is. You don't need to know the name as well. It's not like anyone calls them and says, well, you thingy, you're white hair. I think it's an interesting way to go with it. I don't think it doesn't come off fully. Mm. I may well change my mind after a time because when I gave the three, I was fresh out of the screening. I was not horrified and as anyone who knows me, if I don't like a film, afterwards they will hear about it. <laughs> you know, do you enjoy it? It's watchable. It's interesting. And 
if we're going for the, the key question, yeah, I'd go see it again. Mm. I think X-Men, it's, there's always a billion interest and there's so many good and bad films along the long history of X-Men. Mm. So I think this is just, it's a good closure, I would think, for most X-Men fans. I think X-Men it's fans. decent. A muted but fine mutant finale. <laughs> and I think that it's a troubled franchise mm. because you have the comic snobs who, you know, Dark Phoenix is such a big part of the X-Men lore that they will decide, how dare you even attempt it again? No one can do it justice. Yeah. Not cannot, in one film, anyway. You cannot please everybody. The damned if they do, the damned if they don't. <laughs> I think this is kind of midway. If you look at the whole load of X-Men films, mm. maybe just below midway. I don't think it's... It's certainly not awful. I think it's getting too much of a hammering. But I guess maybe all the hammering comes after, you know, we have Endgame. Is how anybody I else think, can yeah, live up to that. I think that's that. also the an issue for it because they've gone so low-key. Yeah. And apparently some of the reshoots were because... Apparently, the original ending was originally set in a spaceship Mm. and was far too similar to Captain Marvel. Now, that's the rumour. I don't know how that works because surely the reshoots couldn't have happened just after Captain Marvel came out. Mm. And people have said, oh, there's more action in the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer than there is in this. Yeah, but at the same time, they're going for something different. And that's what I admire about this. They've gone for something different. And they've gone back to the family unit's Mm. version of the X-Men, rather than just set-piece after set-piece. Yeah. So it doesn't quite come off, but I, I think it's totally admirable for what they're trying to do. Also in superhero news, did you know that Keanu Reeves is being tapped for an MCU role? Or as I've decided, Keanu Reeves will go into the MCU as Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Why not? Is this is the anything. one that has Angelina Jolie in it? Oh, Eternals, it? Eternals. The Eternals, yes. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of Keanu... Uh, it came out last week. There's a really good film on Netflix called Always Be My Maybe. And that's kind of the review. It's really good. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ke- There's Keanu. It is. It has got... Keanu even without, in slow-mo. <laughs> that's hilarious. Ke- Keanu being the most amazing cameo ever. It's very hard to talk about the film without going about Keanu's cameo. That comes about halfway <laughs> in. I would say that do go and watch it. I think I've not been so charmed by a rom-com in a very long time. I think this is brilliant. It stars Ali Wong and Randall Park. They are lifelong friends from when they were kids. Uh, then they kind of get together and immediately after their first time, they split, have an argument and split up and they go very different directions. Cut to 16 years later, Ali Wong is celebrity superstar chef. Randall Park is still schlobbing around in his block band and it's kind of a will they won't they mm. get back together thing it's really sweet it's really charming it's very funny I think they make a very convincing couple yeah they do actually they wrote it mm. they're, they're both screenwriters on it so you'd expect some compatibility <laughs> there but they do make a very convincing couple to the point where you you want them to not make the stupid mistakes that keep on splitting them apart they work together well but at some point Keanu Reeves turns up. I'll just say now, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you don't want to know, switch off for a bit. Go watch it if you don't want to be spoiled. But if you do want to be spoiled, Keanu Reeves is Keanu Reeves. So, yeah, it was a shock when Keanu Reeves turns up as Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was playing someone else. Yeah. Okay, it's going to be that joke again. Yeah, of, oh, he yeah, looks yeah. like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. No, he's Keanu Reeves. But he's like super... 
Keanu Reeves Plus. Uh, what did Brandon Park said? Uh, dial down the theatrics. <laughs> so he is, he plays a super pretentious actor version of Keanu. Uh, someone who says just all the right things at all the right time. He's just perfect. Oh yeah, he's, he's talking about Randall Park's suit. Very old school prom. black tie kind of thing, yeah. So, oh, I wore it for my prom. It's oh, nice. I left school at 15. Followed my dream. <laughs> No, I like so, best where he took out the glasses. It's like, oh, I didn't know you wear glasses. <laughs> oh, it's for a part. It doesn't even have anything on it. It is so well written. He delivers it so perfectly. It spawned a thousand and one memes. <laughs> I mean, just when he, from the trailer, when he first turns up and he's like in slow motion, he's <laughs> doing this hand thing. Now there's even more. It's slightly overpowered the film itself. <laughs> but this is one of those Netflix ones where you wonder, why isn't this getting a theatrical release? It worked for me on so many levels. Although... I know it didn't for you. No, I don't think it will work well in a theatrical because I think it's quite niche. Because it's, I mean, still, it's very, I mean, it's centered on Asian Americans. So uh-huh. I'm not sure how big a market that will be. But to us over on this side of the world, we are, I mean, it's good to see the representation. And I'm not sure how well you do. It's the same thing as if like. If it had come out closer to Crazy Rich Asians, yes, maybe, maybe it could have caught yeah. a bit of that. Even then, though. It would be hard to market a film like this. You reckon? Because, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about, um, say, Ellie Wong and Randall Park, if it's marketing to the rest of the world outside US, how famous are they? How much of a draw are they? Well, Randall Park's got fresh off the boat. Yeah, but which is not really shown in the rest of the world. It's very niche. He's popular in the US, but what about, I mean, if it's theatrical release, you need to have a worldwide release and the marketing part of it. It's hard to market that. And actually, how many people also know who Ellie Wong is? I mean, Randall Park is definitely more popular than her. So I think the money part of it, it'll be hard. It'll definitely do much better as uh, Netflix. It'll do well as Netflix. On the flip side, I mean, this is essentially what Netflix is meant to be doing. Creating content Mm -hmm. that is worthy of the outside world, so to speak. All I can say is to Netflix, more of this, less of the apocalyptic nonsense and the constant, constant low-budget apocalypse thrillers and whatever else. The world's bad enough. I don't want to see it ending every... Another recommendation for you. Death to planet Earth. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like the notifications on my list is just die, die, die. No, it is. I mean, but so much of it. And it'd be great for them to cultivate something else, something more pleasurable to watch. Okay, so that is where we shall leave it. Two wonderful recommendations. Well... Depending on <laughs> if you hate Dark Phoenix, <laughs> don't come looking for me. And with that, I shall say thank you for joining me, Joanne. You're welcome. Thank you to you at home for listening. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, do rate, like, reviewers. Every little helps. And until another feature next time, goodbye. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.